One of my favorite things about podcasting is the friendships I've made over the years with my podcast hosts and with guests who've joined me on the podcast. Um, Set Lustig Bruce has been especially good at helping me meet new people, people who I adore and respect so much. Terry Smith is one of those people. I am so proud that he will soon be doing his own podcast, Music Talks, formerly known as Tea Time with Terry. But before he gets that launched, he wanted to share with uh, us his best music of 2018. So take it away, Terry. Hello, this is Terry Smith, and I'm delighted that Jesse has agreed to uh, me doing a second B-Side podcast for him. My first was back in October of last year when I'd just come back from the Austin City Limits Festival. And I did my sort of highlights of the uh, of the week there. And this second podcast, again about highlights, but this is my best of 2018. The music I enjoyed the most, uh, the new music I discovered. And the reality is I've never done a, pop, a best of podcast before, but I have actually been compiling an annual best of since the year 2000. So this is the 19th time I've... Uh, I've done this particular thing. And friends do ask you either what made you start doing this or why'd you keep doing it? And the reason is very straightforward for me, which is one of the delights in having music as a hobby and a passion uh, for me is discovering new music, new artists. And you'll hear that as a theme today. The other delight and a pleasure is then introducing other people to new music and new artists. And that really was the motivation back in 2000, and it, it stays my motivation today. So very simply, if you listen to this podcast, if you make it through to the end, I really do hope that you find some music you otherwise wouldn't have discovered. And my only request is please tell me what it is, because that really is the satisfaction and the fulfillment. Before we dive into the music, I just briefly go back to, to 2000 when I started doing this. Uh, I actually recorded my first few years. Uh, the podcast was recorded on a Philips CD recorder, a manual CD recorder. And uh, the first one actually had 17 tracks on it. I then started using software and that allowed me to cram and... <laughs> get as close to 80 minutes as I could, but I, uh, I would get 20, I think one year I got 21 tracks on it. And then in the early noughties, I decided that why not go for a bonus disc? That's what a lot of the albums were starting to come out with. So I did a bonus disc. The first one was called Exile from Mainstream, which I was always very, very proud of as a title. And so there was 30 tracks and then that eventually sort of crept up near 40. And then in 2017, it was the first year that everything I wanted to put on my best of was available on Spotify. Lucinda Williams had been one of the, the last uh, bastions of resistance, but even she'd given in. And so in 2017, I, uh, I put my best of up on Spotify. And in fact, given there was no restriction, I went with 52 tracks on the basis of one for every uh, week of the year. And you may have noticed the reference before, but this year I've cut that back to a mere 50 tracks. That's what I'm going to run through today. Now, 
irrespective of whether CD, Spotify, one disc, two disc, one of the things that I've always tried to work hard on, and again, it gives me real pleasure, is to get the best of to flow, to make sure it's not just a random playlist, uh, to do some curation, if you like. And to do that, there's I come up with themes, and I've never really made those explicit before, but what I've done this time around is uh, I will run through eight themes. Uh, some of those will have four tracks, four, five, six, or ten. It varies, but there will be those eight themes. And I talk about them as sides, as in sides of an album. And at the end of each theme, I will choose to play a short clip from one track that sits within that theme. Okay, so podcast will run for about an hour and a quarter and you should at least get eight pieces of music to listen to. Obviously, I will also uh, be, there will be full show notes so the Spotify playlist will be up there. I'll put a second one up there of, called Honourable Mentions which is the dozen or so things that almost made the playlist as well as some other clips, video clips and other music I will reference. So uh, I hope that is, is a good enough setup. And without further ado, let's get into some music. The first theme is Commonwealth. And the reason for that is that the first four choices are all Australian bands and the fifth is Canadian. And as some of you may know, uh, those countries are still members of the British Commonwealth. Now, particularly given what's going on with Brexit, you may ask the question, why, why are they still part of the British Commonwealth? Or actually, what relevance does the British Commonwealth actually have in 2019? But again, that's for another time. Another time. If I start by looking, you know, it's no surprise to me that there's four Australian bands this year. I've been lucky enough to get down to Australia twice in the last five years. The second trip, uh, which was a very important business trip that just happened to coincide with Bruce playing four shows in Sydney and Melbourne, but it was both trips were just a joy, and to use a seventies phrase, there's a real energy and vibe down there, and that's why I say it's no surprise that you're now seeing some great music coming out there. So, who are the artists? Well, the 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 side starts with the snappily named Rolling Blackout Coastal Fever. For me, a real candidate for just overall album of the year. They've clearly listened to their eighties music. Some, if there's any fans of them out there, they might find this perverse. I can certainly hear Haircut 100 and bands like that in there. Uh, they've also listened to War on Drugs, and that's certainly no bad thing. I think they're stronger musically than they are ly lyrically, but to be honest, it's just one of those great albums that, you know, there isn't a lot of fat on the album. Each of the songs, you know, pulls their weight, and it really feels like a band who are just coming into their peak so uh, yeah one of the delights of the year and uh, that it will be actually a track from them that I'm going to choose but I'll come back to that in a second uh, second album a lady called Juanita Steen her first solo album I think a a different stage to Rolling Blackout Coastal Fever in that I think this is an album I just listened to one I you know there's nothing on here I don't enjoy but, you know, this is an artist that says, ooh, this, she's going to be interesting to watch. Artist who's early stage of a career, but I think could go a long way. Track three is Courtney Barnett. She emerged in 2015. Uh, first album, Sometimes I Sit and Think, 
and sometimes I just sit, which is one a brilliant title, and two I think tells you everything about her sort of sardonic wit. That was one of my uh, top five albums in 2015. She did a an album with Kurt Vile last year, uh, and a tour, which I really enjoyed. And if I'm honest, this this is I think comes in to the category of you know the difficult second album. I don't think it quite has the spark and the excitement of that first album but it's still really great work and again I think this is an artist who's just going to develop and develop and then finally the final Australian band is a band called Gang of Youths if you listen to my Austin podcast they were the first band I saw at Austin one of the pre-night pre-shows on the Thursday night they are uh, massive Springsteen fans Uh, if you listen to the music you'll hear the influences but I just think it's a great over-the-top album. And as I also said on that Austin podcast, it will all, it will always hold a special place for me because sadly, when I was sat on the tarmac at Austin waiting to fly home, I heard that a lovely guy I worked with, uh, Pat Simpridge, had died at a ridiculously young age. And the track I then listened to is the track that's on the best of, which is Say Yes to Life. Um, and I think it's just one of those, it's one of the many things I love about music that, you know, you can get those moments and you can get those tracks and you will always associate it to that moment, to that person. Um, so that will always be special for me. And then the final, the Canadian on the Commonwealth side, is a lady called Charlotte Day Wilson. We actually saw her at the Upstream Festival in Seattle, a festival that was actually funded by Paul Allen, who sadly passed away this year. And a bit like Winnie Justine, somebody at the start of a career, but uh, a mes- I think mesmerizing. So uh, take a listen. So that's the end of side one. The, as I say, my, tra- my choice of track is gonna be from Rolling Blackout, Coastal Fever. And uh, the track is called An Air Conditioned Man. Have a listen to this clip and uh, I, I, I read a review it stuck with me that said this song feels like you've entered in the middle of a car chase at the beginning and I just think it's a, it's a piece of genius production so let's, let's take a listen.
So that was uh, Rolling Blackout Coastal Fever. So on to side two. And uh, side two is called Personal. And, you know, part of, again, I guess the fun for me in putting together these collections is there's all sorts of personal messages and stuff in there that the uh, listener isn't necessarily, or until I've been doing a podcast, isn't aware of, but uh, they're kind of important to me. And uh, probably the most poignant for me was that in 2009 and 10, I, in the space of 13 months, my mum, dad, and my eldest brother passed away. And that, you know, massively difficult time, and it takes an awful lot of time to process stuff like that. But my best of 2014, the last three songs were by Peggy Seeger, by King Creosote, and then by Drive By Truckers. And those songs were my mum, my dad, and my brother. And again, I think the magic of music is that when I listen to those songs now, I don't, it's not a sad, it's not sad, it's not upsetting, it feels good, uh, it's comforting, it reminds me of the good times. So uh, yeah, I tend to do lots of stuff like that in these uh, best ofs as well. Um, and it's not all gloomy, morose stuff either. So there is always a number of songs that are there for my wife, Laura, and there's always one that's very overt. And the overt one this year is by a guy called Peter Perrett. The name may not be familiar, but I suspect if I said to you the song Another Girl, Another Planet, and a band called The Only Ones, then that might ring some bells. Peter was the lead singer, the main writer and driving force of that band. He spent a large amount of time since the late 70s abusing his body and himself. He's a terrible drug habit. But at 68, he's re-emerged fit, healthy, clean, and also still married to the lady called Zena, who he ran away with when he was 16. So 52 years later, uh, clearly been through a lot, but uh, they're still together. And he's written a song called An Epic Story. And uh, it has the great lines in there of, I'll always be your man, no one could ever love me the way you can. If I could live my whole life again, I'd choose you. And then brilliantly, as you will hear later, he says, every time. And I think it's brilliant. So there you go. So that's number one in uh, personal. The second is a track by a lady called Laura Veers. Uh, Laura Veers is actually from Colorado, but lived a long time in Portland. And for me, will always be associated with our time in Seattle and the Pacific Northwest. It's a great album. Uh, the album's called The Lookout. The reason it's uh, one of the reasons it's here is that we actually were lucky enough to see Laura Beers in a tiny little church venue in what's known as Freaky Fremont uh, in Seattle on my birthday this year. Uh, got to meet her. She signed the album. Um, but it's just a beautiful, beautiful album. And uh, have a listen to that. The third track is from Elvis Costello, uh, someone I've loved for, again, 40 years. But I, this is a really fun uh, track and selection for me because one of the big things in our lives this year is we moved back from Seattle to Scotland. You know, we bought a big old Victorian house, so there's been lots of work done. And Elvis Costello on his latest album, Look Now, which is, you know, the classic return um, return to glory from someone who, you know, is a fantastic artist, but occasionally inconsistent. But this is a real return to form. But in amongst some fantastic songs, there's a song called Stripping Paper. And obviously we've spent a lot of time on wallpapering and the stripping paper is, 
he starts to decorate and he finds stuff in behind the wallpaper and we had that in the, in um, one of our downstairs rooms we found a newspaper under the under the carpet which was uh, the article was about Ronald Reagan's visit to the UK and him and Margaret Thatcher in the early 80s so that was quite fun but the the other thing that always makes me smile when I listen to this song is just the idea that and I think the opening line is I've got time on my hands or something like that that Elvis Costello says to Diana Krall on a Tuesday morning I'm kicking my heels a bit I think I'll wallpaper the back room I don't think that happens but it just puts a smile on my face okay so that's number three number four obviously Scotland is a theme uh, emerging here is from a it's a well, it's an artist called Colin McIntyre, but he, musically he he goes under the name of Mull Historical Society. He's born in the Hebrides. He was actually uh, on my best of in 2003. And he's one of those multi-talented guys. So he's a writer, he's written successful children books, he's done TV. But again, this album, Weight Lines, uh, I think is a real return to form for him. But the song I've chosen is, it's called 14-Year-Old Boy. And if you listen to the song, it's actually the story of his dad. Well, the story of his first guitar arriving. And clearly there wasn't a music shop on the Hebrides or the Outer Hebrides where he was living. So it arrived on a boat and his dad had to wade out to the boat to get the guitar and then wade back holding the guitar over his head. And I just think it's a beautiful story. And I guess it has a resonance for me in that whilst I've never played a musical instrument, sadly, uh, it was 14 when I got uh, into music. And I guess my equivalent of that story is that I discovered this thing called hi-fi and I did my research and then I went to my dad and said, who was also a music lover, you know, can we buy this hi-fi? And my dad looked at this and then said, if we're going to do this, we're going to do it properly. And so on the following Saturday, we got on the bus to Birkenhead. We got on the ferry over to Liverpool. We went to Rushworths, which was the best music shop in the north of England. Um, and we bought a Ferguson hi-fi system um, that still sits at the top of the stairs in uh, our new house. It doesn't work anymore, but it's a nice piece of furniture. So I guess that's, that's the connection for me. So, next choice is from a lady called Siobhan Miller. She's a traditional Scottish artist, or historically has been, so sort of Scottish traditional music, folk music. But her album uh, this year, Mercury, is actually her first, her first album where it's all original compositions from her. And I think it's a lovely piece of work. And again, one of the things that influenced this being on the best of and in this section is the town we've moved to which is east of edinburgh the last year spent the year celebrating its 700th anniversary of robert the bruce giving it its town charter and actually siobhan miller was she was the final sort of concert and part of the celebration and she performed in saint mary's church which is the local church which was built in 1380 so it was just an amazing night. Uh, I think she's a very talented lady. She's got a beautiful voice. She had fantastic musicians. But the fact that you're sat in this incredibly impressive 14th century church in December and there's, it's cold outside and it was just lovely. So again, a great, a great memory of the year. 
And then the funnels section, so this uh, side has six. Again, a local connection here in that when around, again, just before Christmas, some neighbours invited us over for some tea and cakes and uh, to meet some of the other neighbours. And to my absolute delight, I found out that the guy who lives two doors away from us is plays in a band called Sugar Nifty. So long-standing stalwarts on the Scottish scene. In the small world theory, Sugar Nifty was the very first CD that my wife Laura ever bought for me when we first met. And here we are, you know, 10, no, sorry, 15 years later. Gary, who is, uh, well, he, he's the banjo player, but he's, it's a heavily modified banjo, so he actually calls it a banjax. And his name is Gary Finlayson. So, yeah, he's living two doors down, and we actually went to see Sugar Nifty uh, last week, and it was just an amazing night, um, not least of which because it was at Barrowlands in Glasgow, which is one of those iconic venues I've never been to. But, uh, yeah, just a great night. And the album... The, the, the track is from Written in Water is really interesting because it's actually a collaboration between uh, Sugar Nifty and an Indian group called Dundora and you know I, when you get Sugar Nifty and the singing in, in Gaelic and then mixing with the Indian music it's at times it's a challenging listen but I would encourage you to, to make the effort because uh, I think in uh, in a world where collaboration and understanding different cultures is seems to be getting a bit of a challenge. I think they should be absolutely applauded for what they're trying to do here. And uh, the gig the, the other week, uh, not only with Dundora there, but they also had a trio of women from Galicia in Spain. So it really felt like this is what world music is. So uh, take, a listen to, uh, take a listen to Written in Water. Uh, but talking about uh, listen... Let's go back to the start of this section and let's listen to a little bit of Peter Perrett and uh, the brilliant and epic story. I've read this book too many times The hero's death is tragic every time Trying to pretend I don't know how it ends An epic story of romantic love It has to be the ultimate in love The scale of sacrifice Which cheaper the price Together we can face this hard world And laugh about the cruelest of things Our suffering is beyond any words It's too late for it Okay, so on to, well, the good news is, if you're worrying about how long is this going to go on, to onto sides three and four, because uh, this is actually where we get into ten songs, and they're all themed around Austin. And as I say, my last 
Uh, B-Side podcast was covering ACL and there are a lot of people that I talked about on there. Bishop Briggs, David Byrne, Brandy Carlisle, Churches, McCartney, Arctic Monkeys. But there's also uh, a few others. First track on the side is actually a song called Just Outside of Austin. So that makes the cut. Um, and that's from Lucas Nelson and Promise of the Real. Um, and I mentioned Charlotte Day Wilson and the Upstream Festival before. Uh, the other artist that came out of that festival was Lucas Nelson and, and Promise of the Real. Now, I had seen them before because for about three years, they've been actually been Neil Young's support band. So I saw them in Seattle, I think, 2017. But, you know, this is Willie Nelson's son. And the album, I, it's a great album. It goes, it covers such a wide spectrum of, uh, of music. And it really is worth a listen. The ending this section is First Aid Kit. And the reason they get the Austin connection is that whilst they weren't there this year, they were actually my discovery of uh, my first ACL in 2017. So uh, they finish this section and then the other artist who is in there that wasn't at ACL uh, and is actually the track I've chosen is a lady called Hayley Took and it's just a it's an album called Junk it's an album of covers some fantastic covers some great song choices on there but the song I've chosen is she's covered Say You Don't Mind by Colin Bluntstone who uh, was the originally the lead singer of the Zombies just one of those I haven't checked but I think late 60s songs and it's one of those I mean it, I think it just shows you, you can't beat a good melody because whenever I hear this song it doesn't matter what mood I'm in it will make me stop it will make me smile and it will cheer me up and I think she just does this lovely frothy lightweight version so uh, let's um, let's have a little Listen to Hayley Tuck and Say You Don't Mind. I realize that I've been in your eyes some kind of fool. What I do, what I did, stupid fish, I drank the From light and frothy and joyous, and let's go on to side five, which um, I've titled Protest Social Commentary. And it was interesting for me, again, I mentioned in the Austin podcast that the, one of the big differences between 2018 and 2017 was the amount of, choose your language, protest social commentary that was going on. 
And the fascinating thing for me was that while some of it was very direct, some of it was pretty subtle. And I think, you know, that's one of the messages for me that says music, protest music doesn't have to be angry. It doesn't have to be in your face. I'm not saying there's anything bad in that. You know, if I think of the ultimate protest song for me is Ohio um, by Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young, where, you know, you can just feel the anger and the bitterness. Uh, and I think it's brilliant. But there are other ways of getting that message over. And I think nothing sort of exemplifies that better than the first track on this side, which is by the Cowboy Junkies. It's called The Things We Do For Each Other. And the Cowboy Junkies are a band that have, I've always been aware of, but never really listened to them this year. So they're, they're one of, in fact, I think there's 22 tracks on this best of by artists that have never been on a best of before which I always feel good about but I think this song is just brilliant in one the tension that's in there so let, let me read just the, the the first two verses which are really short which is fear is not so far from hate so if you get the folks to fear it only takes one small twist to kick it up a gear and you can control hate, but only for so long. And when you lose control, oh man. And go and listen to the track because that will, I think, it's a brilliant example for me of why lyrics aren't poetry. Because you can just feel the tension in there and it's landing that message that says, hey, you know, fear, hate may work in the short term, but it will come back to bite you. And um, I've probably said enough, but go in this. And I think it's please. Um, I think it's it's great, great work. Uh, track two is by a British lady called Anna Calvi. Uh, the album is Hunter, and she has a number of tracks. One of the themes, the big theme in this album for her, and obviously personally, is the whole theme uh, that we've all seen come to the fore in the last uh, couple of years around gender identity. And uh, I think she does a great job of addressing that in the brilliantly titled Don't Beat the Girl Out of My Boy. So uh, go and listen to Anna. And uh, by the way, if anyone is stupid and sexist enough to say girls don't play guitar, listen to Anna Calvi. PJ Harvey's got something to worry about. Track three is uh, from a gentleman called Alejandro Escovado, a very significant Tex-Mex uh, artist. Uh, been around for decades. He has a lot of fans, including a certain uh, Mr. Springsteen. And in fact, he appeared, there was, a, there was an EP from the Magic Tour released uh, to benefit Dan Danny Federici's uh, passing. And um, Alejandro appeared on that with Bruce and the E Street Band uh, doing uh, Always at Home. But the album uh, he's produced this year, uh, obviously he's the, he's the child of Mexican immigrants. And so he's produced that, um, well, what used to be that long-lost thing called a concept album, but they do seem to be re-emerging. But it's an amazing piece of work because he's recorded it, uh, he recorded it in Italy. He wrote it with uh, an Italian artist called Antonio Gramentieri. I think I've got that right. It has uh, members of both MC5 and the Stooges on it. And basically the premise is it's a story about two guys, one American, one, uh, or one Mexican, one Italian who were trying to immigrate into the into the US and it is again a great listen uh, he tells a great story 
that's always been the strength in his songwriting. Uh, having said earlier that process songs don't need to be angry, uh, this one is. Uh, it's one of a number, so uh, have a listen. But, you know, in amongst clanking, chugging guitars, towards the end of the song, you get this great uh, couple of, uh, or they get these great couplets that says, America's beautiful, America's ill, which point the guitars stop. And then he just says, America's a blood stain and a honky tonk kill. I have to say, he's a fascinating artist. I've only ever seen him once. It was in the Tractor Tavern in Seattle, and we arrived, and there was him on his own, uh, acoustic guitar, with a cello player. And he did a great set of his own songs, and then came out and finished with a cover version of All the Young Dudes by Mott the Hoople, which was, uh, was really with him and a guy on the cello. So uh, definitely an artist worth uh, exploring. The next track is from a guy, uh, again, the name had been around and, you know, I know about Pavement and that, but never really listened to him, uh, Stephen Malkmus uh, and his new band, The Jicks. And on the protest theme, uh, this is a song uh, on, around the theme of pr police brutality in the black community and particularly the tragic death of 25-year-old Freddie Gray, uh, who died in police custody. I think one of those uh, examples of what sounds like a light-hearted fun song until you listen to it and uh, I'm always I'm always a sucker for uh, for those and then finally a track from certainly a candidate for me for my album of the year an artist I will at any opportunity tell people how brilliant it is but Jason Isbell uh, came out with a live album from the Ryman uh, I know most people you know there's always that thing with a live album of is it is it filler is it just a recording contract but I think Given his output in the last few years and, and given where he's now got to, it was just a great opportunity to to go back and revisit those songs. The performances are fantastic. The audience is a little noisy. Uh, a friend of mine said that at first and I thought he was just being grumpy, but uh, I think he's probably right that they maybe could have edited down a bit of the, uh, the audience noise. But a fantastic album. And to be honest, I could have in many ways chosen any track off the uh, off the album but given we're in the protest section I went with White Man's World and this will be my final bit of lyric reading but you know I think one of the things that always challenges certainly challenges me is how complicit are we in some of the stuff that goes on it's very easy to be disapproving but how complicit are we and he just nails it I think in three lines with I'm a white man looking in a black man's eyes wishing I'd never been one of the guys who pretended not to hear another white man's joke. I'm a white man living on a white man's street. I got the bones of the red man under my feet. The highway runs through the burial ground. Past the oceans of cotton. I'm a white man looking in a black man's eye I'm wishing I'd never been one of the guys Who pretended not to hear another white man's joke Old times ain't forgotten There's no such thing as someone else's war 
So one of those songs that certainly always makes me feel, doesn't necessarily make me feel good about uh, maybe how I've reacted over the years in certain situations, but that for me is what music and songwriting is about. So that's the protest section, section five. This is also the point where we are halfway through the podcast. And I thought I'd put in this announcement because... I don't know about you, but when I listen to podcasts, it's great that there's show notes, it's great that there's all this detail, but if I'm traveling in a car or whatever, I haven't got those to hand. And I think it's particularly in the longer podcast, it's easy to lose track. So I thought I'd do a little recap. Here we are. We've done four out of our eight themes. The first was Commonwealth. The track was A Conditioned Man by Rolling Blackout Coastal Fever. Theme two was Personal. And we have Peter Perrett and the great track Epic Story. Theme three was Austin. And we had Hayley Took with Say You Don't Mind. And finally, we've just had, uh, had the protest section and Jason Isbell and White, Man, White Man's World. You are literally halfway through the podcast, about 36 minutes. Uh, we have four more themes to go. But I won't spoil the surprise because I know you can't wait. But to give you another sort of bookmark so that this is a nice meaty section that you can maybe just stop and then come back to i thought i'd also put in a little clip i've referenced i think already a couple times you know i i have thousand cds i download high def but i still love my vinyl and i've certainly got back into that in the last five six years and one of the things i love is that you know a set of vinyl can only last 22 or 23 minutes and then you have to stop you have to get up You have to turn it over, you take a break, and you start again afresh. And I do seriously think that is part of the enjoyment in the vinyl experience. But in the early 90s, uh, of course, CD was becoming the dominant medium. But there was one artist, at least, who recognised that, and it was Tom Petty. And on Full Moon Fever, just on the CD versions, he put this little clip in as a hidden track halfway through his CD. So if you haven't heard this before, enjoy. And then on to part two of my best of 2018. Thank you. Hello, CD listeners. We've come to the point in this album where those listening on cassette or records will have to stand up or sit down and turn over the record or tape. In fairness to those listeners, we'll now take a few seconds before we begin side two. Thank you. Here's side two. In, uh, let me just check, I think it was 2015, what I did with my two CDs that year was I actually split them between new artists and artists that had been on before. And as I've said previously, you know, that is a big thing for me of listening to new music, making sure that that's staying fresh. Uh, And when I did that, again, I like to come up with names. So... The first CD was called New Light, which was the new artist, and the second CD was called Old Windows. Um, being a long-time Microsofty, I actually wanted to be a real nerd and 
call the second one windows.old, but I decided that was a step too far. If there's any nerds out there who like that joke, please let me know. But I've used the same naming for sides six and seven on this year's. So, you know, as I've said, 22 of the 50 songs are from artists who've never been on my best of and were in year 19, so that feels good. And I've just, of those 22, I've pulled five together into this one side. And here's the story behind them. The first is a guy called Nils Fram. I guess what you would categorize as sort of electronic music, which is not normally my thing. And I actually got into him because my wife bought me as a present uh, 18 months ago, a subscription to call, something called Vinyl Me Please. I heartily recommend it to anyone who's interested in music. Uh, it's the good old format my dad had 50 years ago with the Columbia Record Club where you sign up and they send you an album every month and you can substitute it and all of that. But what I love about it is stuff just turns up. And there's been some real treasures, and Nils Fram was one of them. There's been some things that I have to file under in interesting. The history of Rhodesian reggae was probably the highlight there. But I love the irony that I discovered Nils from an electronic music from a double vinyl album that turned up in the post. But uh, he's a fascinating artist, and as always happens, I think, in music, you know, that's led me on to a whole raft of other stuff that I wouldn't have listened to before. So there's an Icelandic guy called, I think it's Olafa Arnolds. There's Fortet I've been listening to. Uh, I've got into Max Richter. Um, the work that Johnny Greenwood's done for some film music so there's a whole sort of genre here that I'm starting to discover and enjoy and if you get the chance to see Nils Fram live go and see him one I was skeptical that you know electronic music how would it work live it absolutely works too he's um, that unique thing if I can indulge in some national stereotyping but he's a really funny German and just has a great stage presence and a fantastic um a fantastic sense of humour. The second track is from a uh, artist called Mitski. Again, came from Vinyl Me Please, and I referenced this before, also a uh, concept album. Edgy, fascinating stuff. I love this track um, that I've chosen. You know, that line of why do all gyms smell the same is just one of those great, one of those, uh, one of those great questions. And, uh, you know, the image of two slow dancers, I think is fantastic. So, but again, that was a vinyl me, please. Phosphorescent. Uh, I always like to find something on my best ofs that at least some reference to Christmas. This is probably one of the more obtuse, so it does at least link back to the Australian film because it's Christmas down under, but you'll uh, you'll hear the lyrics. There's, a, there's references to Jesus had a daughter, but he never saw her. Which, uh, so it's one of those songs that I have no idea what it's about, um, but it fascinates me. And... Um, and, and I, re I really enjoy the album. The next choice, one of the big sort of discoveries of the year is, and I think I should have checked the pronunciation, but uh, Kamasai Washington. Somebody whose name had started appearing uh, over the last 12, 18 months. I decided to just take the plunge and buy again, sort of stretching jazz, typically not my thing. I have some, but um, not a broad genre I get into. I bought the Epic and was just blown away by it. But obviously, you know, triple albums, even for me, it's, it's takes some consuming. So I was delighted when uh, his new album, Heaven and Earth, turned up on um, Spotify and on Tidal, which I use, and it seemed to be 
you know, just the single album, and I listened to it and loved it, and I particularly loved the version of Will You Still Love Me Tomorrow? This is the old Carol King song. It was only then that I realised that actually this album was the bonus album, and that the main album was, again, on vinyl, actually two double albums, one heaven, one earth. I then ordered it to find that they'd done this really cool, but in my case, ill-conceived idea where actually the bonus album in the vinyl was hidden in the packaging. Now, I haven't been back on YouTube to check, did I miss a video, but let's put it this way. I basically ended up hacking the cover to bits to get the bonus album out. <laughs> so a good friend of mine now has a patched up version of the double album and I've ordered another copy where I will leave the bonus album intact in the packaging, but um, a remarkable, a remarkable artist who I think uh, is stretching the boundaries, is part of what seems to be a real resurgence around jazz, uh, and who just feels very, very, very fresh. And then the final track on this side, uh, talking of fresh, is a uh, British band, two 19-year-old girls from Nor Norwich in East Anglia. And for my American friends, Norwich and East Anglia are the bump on the right of the UK. Um, you know, to the right of that, there's, there's an ocean. It's a long way from anywhere. It turns out that apparently there's a really burgeoning music scene down there, which I guess is one of the things that happens when you're a long way from everywhere. But I just love everything about this band you know from the very the name the fact that it's a uh, a gramophone of let's eat grandma is great but the album is fresh it's different it's one of those that you listen and you just think it sounds so of today without being self-conscious and uh, the track that's on the best of hot pink is one of the highlights but uh, as is also a track called donnie darko which is around the film so uh, again, for me, one of the one of the uh, potentials for highlight of the year. Let's have a listen to a little bit of Hot Pink. Cause I don't know what to say with you. Fill my head with shame, cause you need someone to blame. I'm just an object of disdain to you. I'm only 17 I don't know what you mean By my tongue now that's your cue So bring me down Redirect your gaze Cause that's your middle name All the same Kill me now I'm such a drama queen You got something up your sleeve Don't you? So that was the new light. Now let's have a look at the old windows. And yet again, there are five artists or five tracks on this side, but there's actually seven artists. 
And even if you allowing for the relatively youthful Paul Weller at 60, if you work out the average age of those seven artists on this side, then it actually gets comes out at 72. But I don't think you would think that for a moment if you listen to the music. You know, it starts with Richard Thompson. And I know it's a cliche, but this man really is like great wine. He just keeps getting better and better. One of my favourite albums to listen to, it's an album I really enjoy going to sleep to, is Nick Drake's Five Leaves Left. That's actually going to be 50 years old this year, and who's on there playing great guitar is Richard Thompson, 50 years ago. And here he is with um, you know, his latest album, and I think it's as bright and as fresh as anything uh, he's ever done. His songwriting, I think, just gets better and better. And I particularly love this song. It's called The Rattle Within. Uh, and it's a song about that that voice we all have in our head that um, doesn't necessarily always tell you good things, uh, doesn't make you feel good, and certainly does cause a rattle uh, in my head on occasions. And I picked that song because having retired 18 months ago, one of the things I feel good about the growing, the developing, is that um, my own rattle within is certainly a lot more, a lot softer and less troublesome than it used to be. So it's a song uh, I love listening to, but it's one of many songs on a great album. The uh, The second track is from a lady called Roseanne Cash, part of the Cash dynasty. But despite that, because I think that can sometimes be a burden, I think a massively, uh, a great artist, a massively underrated. Uh, the River and the Thread was one of my very favourite albums of 2015, and if you haven't heard that, I encourage you to, to look it at. This album, I don't think, quite gets to those heights, but uh, I think it was Uncut who actually gave it a 10 out of 10. So uh, this uh, this latest album, She Remembers Everything, is still of very high quality. And the track I've chosen is it actually picks up on the protest theme again. So as you will hear, it's a song about gun violence and I think police brutality. But she sings it with Elvis Costello and Chris Christopherson, and they each take a verse and I just it's a great song but it's it's a great set of performances and uh, a great advert for the over 60s and even over 70s okay then on to young Paul Weller and this is Weller uh, who really for the last 10 years I think has just been on a massively productive creative journey um, this is Weller in reflective acoustic pastoral mode and it's interesting for me because I have a very good friend Dutch guy called Ben Jensen von Yorksveld. I finally got to learn how to say it, Ben, after all these years. But uh, he's a massive, actually a massive fan of British sort of punk. Uh, knows more about it than I do, that's for sure. But a massive jam fan and Paul Weller fan. But, you know, he goes back to those early days. And whilst I do listen and enjoy those now, frankly, the incarnation of Paul Weller that really got me excited was Star Council, which is heresy in jam circles. And I've always enjoyed his softer, well, as I say, more acoustic pastoral stuff. So uh, it's a great album. We are, I'm really looking forward to re seeing him this summer. We have tickets to see him at Edinburgh Castle, so that'll be a first in terms of venue. And I think with this, this album and this, the sort of set he's doing, that's going to be a great experience. So really looking forward to that. Uh, picking up on the theme of uh, live gigs, the next lady, a lady called Betty Levette, We've seen, Laura and I have seen a number of times, we saw her last year touring this album. 
And this album, it's a, uh, it's all Dylan covers. Most of the tracks on there are lesser known or newer Dylan. Uh, the one I've chosen is an exception. I'll talk about that in the middle minute. But uh, we saw her in Seattle. We were really close up at the front. She came out. She's, if you get the chance to see her, uh, this is, I think she had her first hit single in 1963. And, you know, her own description is that she's had five careers and then faded and come back again. Uh, she's just a fantastic performer, a real, real trooper. But she came out in Seattle and she did Things or Changes, the opening song, and then she looked at the audience and she had a music stand and she said, I really enjoyed making this album. She said, but let me give one piece of advice, which is doing a Bob Dylan, a set of Bob Dylan covers at 72 really is dumb. Does that boy write a lot of words? Um, and she had the lyrics in front of her. She said, I can't afford the teleprompt like, uh, you know, Springsteen and people do. But she didn't miss a line and it was a fantastic performance. And this song, I think the art of the interpretive singer is to some extent been lost. I think, you know, Amy Winehouse brought it back. Adele does some great stuff. But... You know, I think the real interpretive song, singer takes a song and turns it inside out. And that's what Betty's done on this. Uh, the song is Mommy, You've Been On My Mind. It was clearly written by Dylan to a girlfriend in his youth. And you can listen to it, and that's the way I've listened to it all my life. But if you listen to what Betty's done, she actually sings it to a mother. And I think it's just an incredible... Uh, she's done an incredible job on it. It's an incredibly powerful performance. I'm not ashamed to admit that live there was more than one tear in my eye. So uh, take a listen to that and, um, and be moved would be my request. And then talking about being moved, the final track I've chosen is uh, by uh, another lady, Joan Byers, from the album Whistle Down the Wind. Apparently her last album, one of um, our few regrets of Seattle leaving Seattle. One, I think I said another person was missing. We had tickets for Jason Isbell. The other was he had tickets for Joan Byers. But the track I've, I've picked off the album is uh, The President Sang Amazing Grace. And it's a song written by, a, originally written by a lady called Zoe Melford. And it's about a mass shooting of nine people in Charleston, I think in 2015. And what then happened, and many of you may know this, is that at the memorial service, President Obama was there. And he was doing the eulogy, and he then started to sing Amazing Grace. And if you haven't seen it, and I'll put the link in the show notes, go and have a look on YouTube. It's, uh, it's an, incre- an incredible moment, I think, and moving, and says so much about Obama and, uh, and him as a man. The other thing it raises up for me is I said before when I was talking about Jason Isbell and how many of us are complicit in, in things that go on. I am embarrassed and ashamed to say that the first time I heard about the shooting and then what Obama did, or the first time it registered for me, was actually listening to this album. And the reality is that I was obviously living in America at the time of the shooting. And that was a real wake-up call for me that, you know, there I am living in a country, this is going on, and I'm not even aware of it. And I can use excuses about the quality of American media and all of that, but uh, it's not good to be that detached, and that was certainly a a learning for me. So um, the other 
uh, link I will put in the show notes is that there's also a great animated video by uh, an organization called the Atlantic. Um, and again, go and have a look at that because uh, I think they've, they've also also done a great job. So that's the track and the album I've chosen from this side, which is the president, the president sang Amazing Grace. So let's take a listen to a bit of that song. A young man came to a house of prayer They did not ask what brought him there He was not friend, he was not kin But they opened the door and let him in And for an hour the stranger stayed He sat with them and he seemed to pray But then the young man drew a gun And killed nine people, old and young In Charleston in the month of June The mourners gathered in a room The president came to speak some words And the cameras rolled and the nation heard But no words could say what must be said For all the living and the dead So on that day The president sang amazing grace The president sang amazing grace Okay, so moving on to side eight and the theme of side eight is actually podcasts and the four, is only there's only four songs and albums on this side the four albums were all you know, things I liked and they were making the best of list. And then right towards the end of the year, I discovered the brilliant podcast called Song Exploder. And when I say I discovered, uh, it was actually my wife, Laura, who introduced me to it because she listens to another podcast called The West Wing Weekly. And one of the hosts of that podcast, which is a guy called uh, Rishi K. Sherway, he is also then the guy uh, behind Song Exploder. And the format of the podcast is that they get the artist in and they talk about the creative process behind a single song uh, and they effectively deconstruct it. And then at the end of the podcast, they play the track. And the four songs on this side, uh, they're from Janelle Monet, uh, Cat Power, Natalie Press and Nico Nico Case. They are all on Song Exploder. And take a listen um, because it really does give you an insight uh, and I think a, a different depth of understanding for all of these songs and they're all really very different so I'd highly recommend that um, and if you do take the trouble to listen to the song the p- podcast um, I'd also encourage you to take a listen to there's a episode with Michael Stipe and Mike Mills from REM and they take apart Try Not To Breathe off Automatic For The People and you know this is a song I've listened to hundred times I don't know but lots and lots and it completely sort of changed my view of it and changed my experience of it and uh, 
I think it's just 20 minutes of, uh, of genius, really. And if you want a great example of, uh, of somebody being really bitter, also have a listen to um, Lindsay Buckingham talking about Go Your Own Way by Fleetwood Mac. So, uh, so much on there to have a listen to. Yeah, keep listening to mine, but go and have a listen to Song Explorer. And actually, on the subject of Rishi K, I'm delighted to say that when Tea Time with Terry, uh, when I come out from under the wings of Jesse and start flying solo in hopefully in April, that is going to be rebranded as Music Talks. And I'm really excited to say that one of my first guests is actually going to be uh, Rishi K. So, can't wait for that time. And my final comment about Song Exploder, or Connected Song Exploder, I've talked about REM. Uh, if I was to have a best archive release on this podcast, and I wish I should have done really, but it would be REM at the BBC. They've released both the sessions they used to do for BBC shows and also a number of live performances. And uh, there's just some, if you're, particularly if you're an REM fan, there's some fantastic stuff like that. That was Side 8 Podcast, and on to our last side, which is Side 9, and uh, this is called Connections. And in, I referenced this earlier when I talked about you know, the songs from my mum, my dad and my brother, but in putting together the best of us, I've always enjoyed finding connections, and it's the nerd in me. So finding connections and making connections, and I suppose that's where the, the whole theme thing has come from. But there are some really specific connections, and that's what this section is about. Now, having said specific, probably the first one is the most contrived and loose, but uh, this is a track from a lady who goes under the name of H.C. McIntyre, and the last track we heard was Nico Case doing Last Lion of Albion, and uh, H.C. McIntyre's album is called Lionheart, so there's the connection. She was the lead singer of a band called Mount Moriah. We saw her supporting Craig Finn from The Whole Study in uh, The Crocodile in Seattle. Uh, And the band were great, but it was clear she was the real talent, the real star, and she's now gone solo. Uh, Spookily, I'm actually off this evening into Edinburgh to see Craig Finn, along with Brian Fallon. So there's also a nice uh, connection there. But um, take a listen to the album. I think uh, if you haven't heard it, then uh, I would, uh, as again, highly recommend it. So that's Connection 1. The next two songs, uh, the first is from Raikuda uh, and his album, The Prodigal Son. Uh, interesting that there's been such a theme of protest in, uh, in this list in that 
Rai's last album was actually very political and, and heavy on protest. And his son, who is his producer, apparently this time around said, Dad, they just want to hear you sing and play. But he couldn't stop himself having a little pop at gentrification, uh, which is the name of the track I've chosen. And uh, it, so he has, a go, he has a go at film stars and Johnny Depp, and he also uh, has a go at the Google men. Now, given I was a Microsoft nerd, um, I realize I'm in the same camp. Um, and the problems caused by big IT companies in places like Seattle and San Francisco are very common. Um, but I couldn't resist choosing a track that had a little pop at the Google men and the amount of coffee they drink. So uh, that's the Raikuda track. And then the next track is by John Hyatt. And Hyatt is one of those guys I've loved for 30 odd years now. I actually can't think off the top of my head, although I'm sure someone will point out there's one, but most of what he does is always re- is good and it's solid and, you know, there's not bad albums. And then every now and again, he pulls out a really good one. And I think uh, the Eclipse Sessions is one of those. And if I go back to the first album when I discovered it, it was Bring the Family. Uh, I think that was 1987. And on that album, you had Nick Lowe, you had Jim Keltner, and you had Ry Kuda. And that is just a great, great album. And in fact, it was so successful, both commercially and musically, that the four of them then formed a band called Little Village. And it was one of those, wow, this is going to be great. And the reality is they did one album. It was okay. But for some reason, the spark that was there on Bring the Family just wasn't there in the Little Village album. And the songs, I think there's some really good songs on the album, but it just doesn't work. So... Uh, I keep referring to the things that fascinate me about music and that's one of them that you can have all of these ingredients and sometimes then there's a spark and you get magic and other times it just doesn't work. Okay, that brings us then on to the next set of connections and it starts with Paul Simon. He's done an album in the Blue Light which where he's re-recorded 10 largely his lesser known songs starts with another man's sinnings another man's floor which um is one then but there's there's some more deep cuts on there but he re-records a or he does a, a different version of Rene and Georgette Magritte after the war which has always been a song I've absolutely loved and he did this version in concert when we saw him last year and that was one of the highlights of the year um seen him a number of times always great but there was, there was a warmth and a spark about the gig in Seattle last year. I don't know if it's because he's saying it's his farewell tour, but it really was a remarkable evening. And uh, we went with good friends and they, they totally agreed. And this version he's done is actually with a group of young musicians called Y Music. And uh, that brings us then on to the next track, which is actually a cover version of... Chicago by Sufjan Stevens but it's also uh, by a band called The Staves and they are three sisters British and the connection here is that they also actually did an album uh, last year this the track I've chosen is not it with Y Music uh, they also did it with uh, Justin Vernon so um, but they are a band that I discovered on a documentary uh, called From Austin to Boston uh, which came out again about three, four years ago. You had one of the members of Mumford & Sons was behind it. You had a guy from the Old Crow Medicine Show was the main driver and mechanic. And I say that because 
this road trip was actually five bands traveling in three old Volkswagen vans. And um, you had the Staves on there, who I think are brilliant. Uh, if you like sort of harmony, you'll just love them. You have Ben Howard, who was just breaking really quite big at the time. You also had somebody called Nathaniel Ratliff, who at the time was a troubled, angst-ridden singer-songwriter and then sort of reinvented himself a year later. Um, but if you go on to Netflix, I think it's still on Netflix. There's a, uh, I say that it's called Austin to Boston and uh, watch the documentary. It's just, uh, it's a great documentary. And uh, the fact that the song Chicago is about a road trip also feeds into that. But it's, um, it's obviously uh, a cover version, uh, which is also true of the next song. And this is by David Crosby, and it's a cover of Woodstock. Uh, clearly, he did this. Well, one, he was there, uh, along with uh, Stills, Nash and Young. There is the famous bit, the start of the film, where they finish Sweet Judy Blue Eyes. And I think it's Stephen Stills who says, this is it. This is only the second time we've played in public and we're screwed shitless. But, uh, yeah, he's redone it with one of the groups of musicians he's working with uh, now. And... I mean, I was a massive Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young fan, and my least, bit like the Beatles, you always had your favourite Beatle and the least favourite. My least favourite member of CSNMY was always David Crosby. But I've really got into him in the last few years for a couple of reasons. One, I actually, for some reason, followed him on Twitter, and he's just brilliant, and he's very self-deprecating, and he's funny, and he rants, and he gets angry, and he's very curmudgeonly. But... Um, that really sort of warmed me to him, I guess, because uh, he clearly had his troubles for quite a long time. But he's also, I think, in the last four, five years, he's produced four albums. And I've done him a disservice in some ways because, you know, this is a cover version um, and there's so much good new music on all of the albums he's done. Uh, none of the, you know, each of them are really high standards. So the album's called Here If You Listen. And as, he, as the title says, take a listen. So that's a cover version, and then that links to the next song, and I mentioned him before, Nick Drake, and it's a cover of Time Has Told Me, which is one of my favourite songs ever, and by a lady called Joan Shelley. And the album, it's actually a digital-only album called Rivers and Vessels, um, so just go and download it. But uh, we saw Joan uh, again in the Tractor Tavern in Seattle 18 months ago, and uh, a fantastic, fantastic performer. And the connection from Joan into the next track is it's by the next track is I Know What It's Like by Jeff Tweedy. So it's his solo album. And Jeff Tweedy was the producer of Joan Shelley's last proper album, which is one of the reasons that I got to listen to her because I'm a massive Wilco fan and a massive Tweedy fan. I think he writes, you know, his catalogue of music really is incredibly strong. And if you didn't get his album last year where he, he he covered i think 10 wilco songs just him and acoustic guitar and it really made you realize um you know what a great great songwriter he is and of course uh, i've just realized another connection which is one of the songs on there is via chicago and that links back to the staves in chicago so as you can see i could go on for a long time but we're coming to the end so the final connection and it's a little uh, three-pack, as they say, 
And the first is a song called Roll On Slow by Glenn Hansard. It's Glenn Hansard of the Commitments and Wants fame. Um, and this is where finally Bruce rears his head in this best of, because it was inevitable that he would at some point. So Glenn is a long-time Springsteen fan, and uh, for the Bruce Nuts out there, if you don't know, uh, a number of years ago now, he did a great cover version of Drive All Night, and it's notable for a couple of things. One, it's just a fantastic performance. Two, there are two people, as well as his normal band, on that uh, recording. One is Eddie Vedder, um, and on this occasion he it sounds as if he's sober. And the second is that Jake Clemens plays the sax solo, and this was, I think, probably four years, three, four years before he joined the E Street Band. So uh, clearly he was... Um, he was practicing in the wings before we uh, before we realised. So, and if you listen to Roll On Slow, the reason other than his fandom and connections, um, there is a line in there that says uh, East Street Radio playing Thunder Road or Thunder Road is blasting out in East Street Radio or something like that. So that's the Bruce connection. Uh, the next track is I Don't Want to Go Home, Little Stephen and the Disciples and So from the live So Far album. You know, one of the biggest disappointments of last year is I had tickets to see Little Stephen at Shepherd's Bush and then, for family reasons, couldn't make it. The good news is he's playing Glasgow two days after my birthday in May this year, so that's going to get rectified. And, you know, this song, I Don't Want to Go Home, I've always loved. And, um, again, I suspect most Springsteen people will know this, but... Um, in Incident on 57th Street, there's that great couplet about there was a, there's a band playing and the singer is singing something about going home, which I've always uh, assumed was a reference back to this song. So uh, that's kind of nice. And then the other reason this is um, important for me in 2018 is that uh, another highlight for me was that uh, I was pleased and honoured to um, be asked to join the advisory board of Steve Van Zandt's Rock and Roll Forever Foundation. And if you don't know, they do great work uh, on something called teachrock.org. I say if you're not aware of it, go and have a look at the website. But effectively, for about nine years now, they've been building content and lesson plans. There's over 100 lesson plans now, which use music and musical content, both audio and video, but as a teaching tool across a whole variety of subjects. So it's not about teaching music, it's about using music and and that content to teach social studies and a whole raft of other things. So uh, that's uh, that was a real highlight of the year, and I'm uh, looking forward to getting stuck into that this year. And then finally, of course, that leads, leads us to The Great Man Himself and um, the Springsteen on Broadway album. And this is interesting for me because I was lucky enough to see the show twice. I saw it twice in four days, pretty early days. I think it was end of October last year, so 2000, uh, 2017, sorry. And I saw it on the Saturday uh, with Laura, and then I saw it with my son Callum on the Tuesday, and I was blown away both times. I thought it was just a fantastic experience and a fantastic show. The interesting thing for me is that since it's been on Netflix, I've only actually watched it once, and I've only listened to the audio once. And it's not that I disliked it, but I think there's a side of me, and this may change, that I almost, I want to keep the experience and the feeling and the stuff that's in my head rather than, you know, I wasn't sure about watching that intimate theatre experience in my living room. Now, if I compare that to, uh, I was lucky enough to be in Hyde Park in 2009 
uh, when Bruce recorded actually his last DVD. And that's a, I literally must have watched that 50 plus times all the way through. So it is interesting to me, and I haven't really got to the bottom of it um, why, I'm ha- why I've had that reaction, but um, that's what it is. Now, of course, the problem with any Springsteen thing is normally which track do you choose? But uh, I'm glad to say that on this occasion, it's uh, actually been a very easy choice because the track I've chosen to, to finish the playlist and uh, I think to round things off nicely is Land of Hope and Dreams. And the reason for that is very simple. I keep talking about highlights of the year, but uh, yet another one was that I started doing this. I started podcasting. And if you'd have told me that on New Year's Eve 2017, I don't think I'd have believed you. And that wouldn't have happened without the unconditional help and support and encouragement of Jesse Jackson, who, uh, as if you're listening to this, as you will know, is the guy behind Set Listing Bruce podcast. And I keep telling Jesse that, and I keep telling anyone who will listen, because I am uh, grateful, uh, massively grateful. Uh, for what has been uh, a fantastic experience and continues to get better and better. So Land of Hope and Dreams is one of Jesse's favourite tracks. Um, like, I don't think he's prepared to say, uh, and I understand, the most favourite track, but it's certainly one of his very favourites. So um, as they say, Jesse, this one's for you, my friend, and uh, you've been uh, a great companion so far, and I'm really enjoying the ride. I'll stand by your side You'll need a good companion now Oh, for this part of the ride Yeah, leave behind your sorrows Let this day be the last Well, tomorrow there'll be sunshine and sunshine And all this darkness pass Well, big wheels roll through fields where sunlight streams Oh, meet me in a land of hope and dreams That is the end of uh, my best of 2018. Uh, if you've listened this far, then thank you, thank you, thank you. If you have any feedback, good or bad, please get in touch with me. Uh, you can get me on uh, Twitter at Terry uh, Scrabble uh, or feel free to email me at Terry SMI, that's T-E-R-R-Y-S-M-I at hotmail.com. Thank you very much and I'll see you in 12 months' time. You just heard the fun talking hard-rocking, music-loving, album-ranking, fan-thinking, joy-spreading, lyric-reading, story-sharing podcast that is the one, the only, Set Listening Bruce. Set Listing Bruce is part of the Southgate Media Podcast Group. The theme for Set Listing Bruce was written by David Rosen, used by permission.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.